Deuteronomy 18, 15, the word of the Lord. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Dear Father, we uh, look forward to communion uh, with you and with each other at your table. And uh, we ask that you, you show us wonderful things from your word here today as we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, before we come to the table, I think this passage will help us to meditate on Christ as our prophet. We've been looking at various ways that Christ is presented, foreshadowed in the Old Testament, and then fulfilled in in the New. And today we'll see that Jesus is the prophet mentioned in Deuteronomy 18, and that this specific passage was used by Peter and Stephen in their early uh, gospel presentations. Well, first, some context to our passage. Here in Deuteronomy 18, Moses is talking about what to do when they come into the land the Lord is giving them. Because God knows that they're going to see evil, evil culture, and evil practices. And God's preemptively telling them what to do. Back up just a bit and look at... um, Verse 9 in chapter 18. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. And Moses goes on in this passage to say you, you cannot practice child sacrifice like those nations. You can't not have rampant idolatry. You, you can't have diviners. And you know, when you think about it, things like child sacrifice and rampant idolatry sounds familiar to us today. One commentator I read said that Moses is writing in the midst of his real situation, and the situation is actually not that different for us today, except that Christ has come. (laughs) Now, over and against these abominations, the nations that have stands the Lord's guidance and his purposes. There is an antithesis. God says in the last verse before our passage something important. So look at verse 14. For these nations which you shall dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. That's good news, isn't it? An evil society and culture is not what's appointed for God's people. And the reason why it's not appointed for them, for the church and for nations today, is the prophet that's going to come. And so now we come to our verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Now notice a few things. First of all, prophet, the word prophet here is capitalized in your Bible. Now, as you may know, that's not original. Hebrew doesn't have lowercase and uppercase letters. But it's a good translation. It's a good interpretation because, as we will see, this is talking about Jesus. And there is a singular prophet, a prophet. Sometimes 
the Bible talks about the prophets collectively, but this is, has, has somebody particular in mind. And Moses says that he'll be like me, like himself. Now why would Moses say that there is a similarity between him and the coming Messiah? Well, there's actually quite a bit in common. Both are appointed by God and carry his uh, authority. Both are leading people out of captivity. Both are proclaiming God's law. Both Moses and Jesus are covenant heads. Both have houses of people worshiping God. Moses was faithful in all his house and, and, and so was, was Jesus. Now look at that last phrase. This is, this is important. Him you shall hear. He wants us to hear what the prophet has to say. That's what we're doing today. Not only does he want us to hear Jesus, he wants us to obey him. When God speaks through his prophet, he lays, lays down the law, literally. And we can see what he expects in verse 19. Let's read verse 19 together. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. Something that's required. If it's spoken by God through his prophet, it needs to be taken as it's delivered and followed. But you know, sinful man, us, we don't always want to do that. And let me give you an example from, from scripture. Do you remember the story of Jehoshaphat and Ahab? Jehoshaphat was king of Judah and Ahab was king of Israel. Ahab goes off, gets into a war with Syria, and he needs a little help for an upcoming battle. He wants to take Ramoth Gilead, which is a, a city that's to the east of the Jordan. So Jehoshaphat, uh, sorry, so, so Ahab asked Jehoshaphat for some assistance. Now Jehoshaphat was a better king. He's more righteous. He's wiser, so he says, hey, can we find a prophet to help us discern what God wants us to do? And Ahab says, well, there might be one guy. His name is Micaiah, quote, but I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me. He never has anything good to say about me. Well, King Ahab, the problem is not Micaiah, and he found that out. And if we ever think that the word doesn't say anything good about us, well, the problem is with us, isn't it? Now, the interesting thing is that this very passage was used by Peter and by Stephen in their sermons in Acts. And we don't have time to look at both, so we'll just look at, at, at Peter's use of it. So turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Now, Acts 3 is Peter's second sermon. He had the first one at, at uh, Pentecost, and uh, now this one is on Solomon's porch. And Solomon's porch is like a, um, an elevated area uh, on top of the wall outside the entrance of, of the temple. It's a common gathering place. Uh, so Acts 3, we're going to read verse 13 to 15 to start. Th this is where... Uh, Peter is starting his sermon. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just 
and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. I wanna um, bring out a side note, but it's, it's an important note. Uh, we, we see the word you here. You delivered him up. You killed the prince of life. Uh, and, and actually, I, I wanna suggest uh, a, a better translation would be y'all instead of you. Uh, the Texas translation would, would translate this y'all, and I think it would be a little bit more helpful because Greek here is in the second person plural. It's you all. And uh, our modern translations don't account for this distinction between the singular you and the plural you, but there, there's, there's a collective sense to this. Matthew Henry talks about this. He says that the people who did, did these things, denied, crucified, uh, it's the people and it's the chief priest and the elders, quote, this is what Matthew Henry says, the representative body of a nation is the one that committed this sin. The reason that I bring this up is that the gospel here is presented both in individual and personal terms and also calls for a corporate repentance and a national change of action. Peter goes direct to the point and, that's, and says that Jesus was preached to them beforehand. Let's look at verses 20 through 22 and let's read those. And that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. God speaks through Moses and says he's going to send as a prophet and Jesus was the fulfillment of this promise. And it's central to Peter's sermon and it's also central to Stephen's sermon if, if you want to look that up sometime. And it's because Christ is bringing the truth. He's bringing righteous living and he's bringing the way to salvation. The fact that Jesus is the prophet means that we need to be very interested in everything he says, everything he commands so that we may follow him. He brings God's words and guides us away from the abominations of the pagan nations and into the green pastures of his own righteousness. So we are thankful Christ is our prophet that brings God's word. And we know that his word will not return void. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for helping us by sending us a prophet, fulfilling the prophecy given to Moses. You help us to guide us away from pagan rituals. And yet we see so much of this in our land still today. Jesus, you are the prophet that Moses spoke about. You are the one that brings God's word. You are God's word. And we are so thankful for you. And we praise you for this meal here today. Help us to take it in a way that is according to what you have directed as our prophet. In Jesus' name, amen.